What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Good morning to those of you tuning online with us this morning. Those of us here, let me go ahead and say Merry Christmas to those of you out there listening right now. It is that time of year. It crept up on me. If it crept up on you, then I hope you're ready for it because it's just a few days away to where we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought, well, what better way to celebrate the season this year than by doing, and we're going to do, right now it's just a two-part series and we're going to talk about some of those prophecies that led up to the Messiah, just the Christmas story, the birth of Christ. So uh, I decided to entitle, as you just saw from the video, this message series, Birth of a King, Birth of a King. Today, I, got, I went ahead and titled today's message, Setting the Stage, because what we're doing is we're setting the stage for what's to come afterwards. And the prophets of the Old Testament have been, had been setting the stage for years to lead up to the birth at this point in history. And now, today, we're going to get to the birth. Next week, we're going to talk more about the wise men. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. So thank you for those of you tuning online. Let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We're so glad you tuned with us online this morning. What we want to do is invite you to join us in person next week. Currently, we are meeting at the Jackson Civic Center. The address is 381 East Deerwood Drive, Jackson, Missouri. We would love to meet you and your families and pray with you about whatever needs you may have in your life. So, without further ado, I guess we'll get ready to get started today. The key verse for the next couple of weeks that we're going to talk about, you just saw it in the video, is Isaiah 9 6. And we're actually going to read verse 7 here in a little bit, so we're not going to go there yet. But Isaiah 9 6 kind of sums up everything we're trying to get out of this Birth of a King series, this Christmas story. Isaiah 9 6 says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray this morning, and we'll go ahead and get started. Thank you, God, Lord, this morning for those that are here in my presence this morning, those that may be tuning online, whatever platform they're checking this out on. We thank you for them tuning, Lord. I ask right now that you begin to speak your words through me right now, that they would not be my own. We thank you. We praise you for what you're about to do, and we also thank you, Jesus, for choosing to leave your throne in heaven and come to earth and join us, which is what we celebrate on this Christmas day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for those of you that are here. What we're going to do, I've been kind of thinking about how we're going to sum all this up. And so we have got a lot of scriptures to get to this morning. 
Many of them you're going to notice are on the same slides because there are so many. I didn't want to have a slide up every few seconds for those of you tuning online. So what I've done is combined some of those slides, but let's go ahead and give a background real quick on why we even needed a Messiah to come, why we needed a Savior to be born in Bethlehem, which we're all going to get to today, why we needed that Messiah, why we needed someone to pay the debt for our sins. Because if you remember, and if you've been tuning in with our series that we've been going through the Bible, we've been doing it most of last year, with the exception of some messages in between, And so far, we've gotten up to Jacob and his family. So many of you are going to recognize some of the stuff I'm talking about because we've talked about it earlier this year as we've been going through this Bible and through these people's lives chronologically and how they have touched each of these individuals. So at the beginning, we notice when God creates everything, he creates a man. And he created a man to have a relationship, to be able to relate to him so he could have a relationship with God, have a relationship, someone to relate to someone to watch grow I guess well we notice that the man was lonely God creates a woman both them eat from the fruit of the tree that was forbidden because of the serpent's temptation they fall at that point and now that relationship with God has been broken that's why we called the first series of the year the great divide, because we were divided in our relationship with God at that point. From there, God already had in motion and begun to create a redemption plan. And what I want to do, and I didn't have this plan, that's why you see me over here jumbling real quick. I want to jump to Genesis 3 real quick, because this takes place right after the fall. And there are theologians that would argue this isn't a prophecy of the Messiah. I want to uh, politely disagree with that thought. I believe what we consider the very first prophecy or of the Messiah, and that is in 3.15, after they have fallen, and he says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Well, how in the world does that talk about a Messiah this morning, Pastor? Well, here's the thought, and here's the way I understand it, and here's the way I see it as I read this verse. At this point, God is talking to the serpent. He is punishing the serpent for what he has done. He's already punished the man and the woman, but we all know that the serpent was possessed by Satan at this point, is what is believed, and he was tempted Many believe he was possessed. Some think he was just acting on Satan's behalf. Either way you look at it, he tempted man and woman. They fell, and immediately God tells him, really talking to the devil, I believe, that I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. Check it out. He will crush your head. In other words, ultimately, he will have the victory, and you will bruise his heel. And it's believed that that bruised his heel part is talking about when he died on the cross. He was bruised. But remember, the third day, he got back up and he came. So we have the first prophecy of the Messiah. And I believe I used that as the key passage in a Christmas series a couple of years ago here at the church. So if you caught that, you may be already familiar with that. So we look back at that and now we can see that at that point, once man had fallen, he loved us so much that he decided he was going to head going ahead 
to begin a redemption plan so that we could be redeemed. Now, we're going to go ahead and get started in today's message because there's a, we're going to take a look over the next couple of weeks at 10 prophecies of the Messiah's birth. What kind of happened around the Christmas story? Understand, this is not all of them. We're taking a look at 10. This week, we're going to look at five. Next week, we're going to look at five more. So the first thing we need to understand through scriptures, and many of you will read through your scripture, read through your Bible, and you're like, why are all these bagats? Why are all these so-and-so is the son of so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and they keep track of all that, and they still do, as far as I know, to this day, there was, at least in this time, a list of every man and where they had descended from. Well, why did they do that? Because they knew that a Messiah was coming, and here is the promise God gave them. The first point this morning, if you're taking notes, is that we can follow the lineage through Scripture. What does God tell us throughout Scripture? There are several verses here, and that is why there are many verses on some of these slides you're going to see today. The first one comes out of Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, and we talked about it as we began talking about Abraham, if you remember that earlier this year, or Abram at this time. God says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Check this out. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. In other words, through your offspring, Abram, if you will follow me and do as I'm commanding you, I am going to bless every nation, the entire world, because of your faith. And that is what he has done. We move on to Genesis 17, 21. We hear once again, God promises Abram, because it's, you know, the thought I at least had when I was reading this, and some of the theologians as well, maybe Abram was getting a little discouraged. It had been 25 years, right, since he had left, or Maybe not quite that long. Since he had left the um, homeland to follow what God told him to do. And remember they decided to get ahead of God. They thought, well, we're too old. Let's go ahead and have a baby through Sarah's handmaid. And they did. But God said in Genesis 17.21, when he was referring to the covenant he made with Abraham all of those years ago, he said, but my covenant I will establish with you or with Isaac. Who is Isaac? He's the unborn promised son that God said he would give Abraham, whom Sarah will bear to you this time next year. So that time next year, Isaac comes around. Genesis 26, 4 says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. We'll give them all these lands, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be Blessed. There's been this constant promise throughout Scripture of this coming Messiah, this coming one that would bless the entire world through Abraham's bloodline because of his faith and his trust in God. He left everything he knew to trust what God had for him. He believed a promise God had gave him. If you will leave and go to a country I'll show you, then I will bless you with a nation, basically, is what he got at. 28, 14, you look on and he talks, he makes another comparison. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. At this point, Abraham is not quite seeing that promised son yet. But God keeps telling him, if you'll hang on, I'm going to bless the whole world. Abraham's got, you know, he's got Ishmael at this point, And Isaac's coming. 
But at this point, it's like one kid? How are you going to give me a nation with one kid? But God continually tells him, he said, it'll be like the stars in the sky. It'll be like the sand on the seashore. Your multitude, your nation will come. So remember what we just read? Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You move on down the line through Isaac, through Jacob, who was later changed to Israel. Jacob is handing out blessings to his son. And there's one son in particular, because there were 12 of them. There was one in particular that he stopped and made a point at that sounds an awful lot like a coming Messiah, someone that's going to change the world. Check it out. Genesis 49, 8, and 10, and I'm, or 8 through 10. I'm not going to read that entire um, word that was spoke over Judah, but here's what it says that pretty much the key that I'm trying to get at. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. Now check out verse 10. It's interesting to see what happens there in verse 10. It says, the scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come, and check it out, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. Who's it talking about? It's talking about a future Messiah. So now we've kind of got another direction. We've had Abraham. We've had Isaac. We've had Jacob, later changed to Israel. And now we're looking at a particular tribe to where this Messiah is going to come from, and it is Judah. And God says the scepter will be passed. And once again, he says the obedience of the nation shall be his. He's talking about someone who is to come. Hadn't come yet. Jump ahead a little bit to the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 11.1, 1, here's what he said. Because remember, for those of you who don't know, we're getting ready to talk briefly about Jesse. Jesse is the father of King David. In scripture, for those of you who don't know Jesse is, that's what this verse is referring to. Check out what Isaiah 11.1 1 says. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. It's saying it's going to come on along, and you've got to read the surrounding verses, but that's where we're going to keep for just a minute. It's going to come along through the root of Jesse. Well, who came from Jesse? We have the youngest son who was missed whenever the blessing was getting passed out, remember? King David, at that point, he was just a 15-year-old kid, scrawny little guy. Daddy seemed to have forgotten him, or at least didn't think he was capable. God anoints him with oil. He becomes the greatest king Israel had ever known. Why? Because, and now he made mistakes, don't get me wrong. He did make some mistakes, but his heart was after God. And what does the scripture tell us? It's a man after God's own heart. That was David. Isaiah 9, 7, referring back to David. Check it out. Remember, God promises David because you repented. He repented from his sins. He decided he was going to follow him. God says, I'm going to bless your offspring. So the crown basically will never leave your head. And he was talking about a descendant that would later come. Well, we jump to Isaiah 9, 7. It says, of the greatness of his government and peace. And this is the second half. Remember, we started with 9, 6, where we were talking about our key passage. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
It's talking about a ruler that's going to bring peace. Sounds a lot like that person that's going to bless the nations because of Abraham, right? Jeremiah 23, 5. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David. Here it is again. I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. It's talking about a coming king. Now, we know when Jesus came, he was the Messiah, but he wasn't the kind of king the people thought he was going to be. But we're not here to talk about that. So let's talk about, well, anybody ever checked out your New Testament? And you start there in Matthew 1.1, right? Matthew 1.1, it says this. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then from that point on, chapter 1 is a lineage where it tells us who was the father of who all the way down to Joseph, who is at that time believed to have been Jesus' dad, right? He's in that bloodline. Now, the other verses that talk about it are in Luke, Luke chapter 1. When um, Zechariah, uh, was, his mouth was opened again. His son John had been born. He begins to prophesy, and one of his prophecies are this. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Now, there's two different lineages we're not going to look at today. I just wanted to key in on that. Luke has the lineage of what they believe was Mary's bloodline, because you notice they're a little different, but it's not because they contradict each other. It's because one is the lineage of Mary, and the other is the lineage of Joseph. So both of them have come from the bloodline of David. So we know, what was the first point? That we can follow the lineage throughout Scripture of this coming Messiah. Those verses are there so that we would know, so that Israel would know when that future king, when that future Messiah came, showed up on the scene. They would have things to look for. The second point we want to make this morning, as we continue moving here, is that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Now, I know there are debate with theologians out there that this verse is typically just talking about a young woman. And I'm not here to argue all of that, but here's what I believe. I believe when it says virgin, there's a region that says virgin. A young woman in this day, at least in the righteousness of God, would have been a virgin until she was married. We don't see a lot of that in this society. It's just sleep with whoever you want, do whatever you want. And, you know, if you get married, great. If you don't, that's called fornication. That's what the Bible says is a sin. That is one of those sins mentioned in Galatians. So that is not what it's referring to. I believe God said virgin for a reason when it was translated to English. Prophecy, here it is in the Old Testament, Isaiah 7, 14. Here's what it says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. I'm going to read it the way it says it. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, some of you are like, which means God with us. Yes, we're going to get to that. That's actually in the New Testament where it interprets that word, Emmanuel. But here's what you need to understand. God said a virgin would come. Now, how is that possible, Pastor? A virgin given birth? Well, that's a miracle. But I was talking to a pastor friend yesterday, and I like what he had to say. The miracle is not actually in the birth of the baby. 
from a virgin. The miracle's in the conception because a woman who had never been with a man, the Holy Spirit conceived and gave her seed, which is how we get this Messiah. Okay, now let's go ahead. Now you're going to start seeing some of this Christmas story that you're familiar with. We're going to start reading some of the New Testament verses that are fulfilling some of these prophecies. But as we go... We're going to talk about the Old Testament and where this prophecy came from, where it was fulfilled. So the fulfillment of this prophecy you can find in your New Testament, which is Luke chapter 1. And we're going to take a look at verses 26 to 35. Here's what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which we didn't look at for time's sake today, Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. You see, the only way God could save us was if this woman would have been a virgin. Because if a man's seed had entered a woman, automatically, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because we fell, that sin would have been there, and he wouldn't have been clean. So what happens? God takes the woman, blesses her seed. So now the father is God, the mother is Mary. Now, can I just ask you a question, just in reality, and we're going to talk about the verses here in just a second. What do you think Joseph's thinking at this point? Some of you may have seen the movie The Nativity Story. I thought they did a good job of illustrating this, the shame and things that were going following this. If you're Joseph and your future wife, the one you're betrothed to pretty much is your wife, is what that meant. You just had to wait a year before you consummated the marriage. And she's telling you, this is God's kid. Well, most of us in our natural way of thinking are thinking, okay, uh, God's kid, sure. So you go off, and many believe this is all happening around this time. When she visits Elizabeth, she comes back, and there it is. There's a baby. What has happened? Can you imagine what Joseph's thinking? Check out what God does to Joseph. He begins to reveal it to Joseph as well. If you jump, see, we're going to go between Matthew and Luke this morning. So get ready. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Here's what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. Naturally, men, you probably would have done the same thing. You'd have been thinking, 
she says it's from God, but <laughs> really? She's like, he's like, I know it ain't my kid, right? Let's read on. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, verse 23. Check it out. We read this verse a minute ago. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Those of you that were waiting on that, there it is. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So we followed the lineage, knowing that these two are from descendants of David. Now, the scripture's telling us, the angel told her, you're going to conceive, she's a virgin. We fulfilled the prophecy of it being a virgin who would give birth. But there's another prophecy. Check this out. Because one of the prophecies, and we're going to read it, it's in Micah 5, 2, said Christ would be born in Bethlehem. Well, they're living in Nazareth, which is, which is in the land of Galilee. They're not in Bethlehem. So if he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem, how's God going to make this? Ha- how could this be the Messiah? Now check it out, because God is slick, man. God does things, and it's like you look back on even your own life, and you see how God moved throughout your life, and suddenly you realize there's no way this could have happened but God. But check out what happens. So he's supposed to be born, if he's the Messiah, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Here's what Micah 5.2 says. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Bethlehem, as little and as small as you appear to be, Micah's telling us here, from you, in layman's terms, the Messiah is going to come. He's going to be a ruler over Israel. His origins are from old. They've been talking about these prophecies for years. Bethlehem, he says. Well, if they're living in Nazareth, how is this going to happen? Some of you are familiar with the story and you're already ahead of me. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Check out what it tells us here in Scripture. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor in Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, verse 4, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of David and line of David. Isn't it amazing how God sets things up? He tells you it's going to happen this way. Many of us would like to doubt. Look, you can even go back to Abraham for that. Let me probably go further back than that. He told Abraham, I'm going to give you descendants. He didn't have a kid. It's like 25 years before, you know, things start happening for him. 
And now he's doing it again. Joseph would have had no reason to go to Bethlehem. But that year happened to be a year that Caesar decides we're going to take a census. And I want everyone to return to their hometown to be accounted for. Huh. And since Joseph was from the lineage of David, they had to return to Bethlehem. Where did God say the Savior would come? From Bethlehem. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 to 12. While they were there, the time came, and I did skip verse 5. You can go read it. I just did it for the sake of time. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. None of the inns were available. Remember the story? So he ends up being born in a manger. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. The Messiah is born. Celebrate. Rejoice in the city of David, Bethlehem. Just like God said all those years ago. Well, there's an interesting prophecy that many of you may not have realized were in Scripture. I know I didn't until I came across it. I'm like, wow, that's, that's cool. I, did, I don't know all the prophecies. I'm still learning them. There's another prophecy that he would be worshipped by shepherds. Isn't that crazy? Amazing. Psalm 72, 9, and there are, we're actually going to look at some more of Psalm 72 next week as we talk about the wise men, so check it out. Psalm 72, I encourage you to read it on your own. Verse 9 says this, may the desert tribes, or translated those wandering in the wilderness, shepherds tended to do that, they were keeping traffic of sheep, bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. Now, enemies lick the dust, of course, came later. Maybe the devil and his demons were ticked this night, because things were, and we're going to see that next week as we get into Herod a little bit. But desert tribes would bow before him. Sounds a lot like a shepherd, doesn't it? Keeping his sheep in the wilderness. So the fulfillment of this prophecy is in Luke as we continue there in verse 13 of Luke chapter 2. It says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, uh, told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds came. They celebrated. They found this baby. 
It's amazing how specific God is when he decides he's going to give prophecies. There's one more we're going to talk about today as we get ready to wrap up. And that is, some of you may not have known this, the star, there would be a star that would point the way to the new Messiah. There would be a star that would point the way to the new Messiah. Where's that prophecy at, Pastor? Well, if you go to Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, here's what it says. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. In other words, this is a long time ago. This is when Moses was still around. This person that's given this prophecy, they saw him, but it was not near. In other words, it's going to be a while, but he's coming. Check it out. What does it say as we continue there in 17? A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab and the skulls of the people of Sheth. A scepter, that's referring to the Messiah. A star will come out of Jacob. Isn't it amazing how God does things? Where did that get fulfilled, Pastor? Well, here's the deal. Next week we're going to continue, but I do want to read you the first two verses of Matthew chapter 2 real quick as we close. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi, or wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his, what? His star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, maybe it was a two-year journey. Maybe they believe it was two years. We're going to talk more about that next year before the magi actually showed up or the wise men actually showed up. So Jesus would have been a little toddler running around by the time they got there. But they saw a star and they followed it the Savior. And I know that screws up tradition, right? You mean we, our nativities are messed up? Well, it's believed so, yes, because, and we'll talk more about that next week. So if you want to find out more about that, tune in next week. We're going to talk about the last five prophecies we're going to talk about in this series anyway. So thank you so much if you've been tuning online with us this morning. That's where we're going to wrap up today. I do want to once again say Merry Christmas to you if you're out there tuning Thank you so much for joining us this week. I hope you have a safe and happy holiday with your friends. One more announcement I want to make real quick is that there will be no midweek podcast this week. It is Christmas Eve, and we want you to spend time with your family, and everybody's going to be busy, so you probably wouldn't check it out again. So we'll pick that up again the following week on New Year's Eve. will be the last one of the year. So for those of you who tune our midweek podcast, you can check out some of the old ones. Or anything. We've got a whole list of podcasts if you're tuning on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning with us. If you're out there and you've maybe never heard the prophecies given like this, or maybe you're sitting there thinking, wow, I didn't realize all that. I just heard a Christmas story. Well, what do, Well, maybe we'll talk more next week because some of you may, what do I need to do to receive this Savior? How do, maybe you didn't know God spoke before he did things on some things. You're out there and you never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That is where your journey begins. You simply ask. You say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. 
Amen. And if you prayed that prayer with me today, I want to say thank any minute from the bottom of your heart. I want to say welcome to God's family. Your next step is you need to find a good church home. You need to be baptized following in Jesus' footsteps. And you need to begin getting discipled by some of these people, these pastors, these people that can lead you and direct you through God's word. Get you some good commentary. Start studying God's word because it is there. And there's one other thing I'd like for you to do if you prayed that prayer. Go to our website, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. You go to the upper left corner. You click on the menu button. There's a drop box that drops down. If you go all the way to the right side, you can click on the link that says the road to new life. You click on that link. It takes you to a separate website that I created in college, which will give you more details on why salvation is necessary the scriptures backing it up what is there and you just follow each page in order when you get to the final page there is a prayer similar to the one we just prayed in case maybe you haven't prayed it yet uh, you can pray it if you're leading someone to christ that gives you some words to kind of guide you through and at the very bottom there's a contact form go ahead and send me a contact form i would love to hear from you and know you receive christ today that's it for this week next week we're going to the plan right now is to wrap up this series and talk about the five more prophecies of this coming Messiah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week.